On its face, this gospel is pretty clear and upfront. It's about giving thanks, about being truly grateful, about honoring your, when blessings come your way, and then living as if that were true. Ten are healed. Ten, we are told. Ten lepers. Only one comes back to give thanks and praise. And then this little line is thrown in. Five little words appear as if an afterthought. And he was a Samaritan. To our ears today, these can seem almost jolting and out of place and not make a whole lot of sense. But for those listening in Jesus' time, these may have been the most important words and the most inflammatory and the most difficult to reconcile. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus tells him, go, be on your way, your faith has healed you. This would be even more inflammatory because much of the community he lived and breathed in would have heard this as blasphemy, not their faith. How could he say this? It's important to know who Samaritans were and are. Samaritans in this time were considered half-breeds of a race which Jews counted religiously in disrepute and with which they had no dealings. The Jews saw them clearly as other. In Jerusalem, they were not allowed to take part with them in rebuilding the temple, and hence sprang up an open enmity between them. Both Jewish and Samaritan religious leaders taught that it was wrong to have any contact with the opposite group, and neither was to enter each other's territories or even speak to one another. During the New Testament period, although the tensions went unrecognized by Roman authorities, Josephus reports numerous violent confrontations between Jews and Samaritans throughout the first half of the first century. This is basically still true today with Samaritans kind of in a strange middle place. Not quite Arab, not quite Jew. Samaritans are still the other. And he was a Samaritan. Those words are key because in this passage, a bridge is being built by Jesus, and we shouldn't miss it. Here, the Samaritan, like the story, the person left for dead on the road is the hero. I think it's easy for us to miss how much heat Jesus must have taken amongst the Jewish community for making the Samaritan the hero, here and there. Norman Stockwell preached a great sermon over 20 years ago on that parable, and he said, True neighborliness is not curious to know where boundaries run. It cares little for boundaries, as sun and rain care little for the contours of our maps. It seeks not for limits, but for opportunities. Nearness does not make for neighborliness. People may live divided by a narrow wall and yet not be neighbors. People may live without any intervening wall and yet not be neighbors. Only the eyes and the spirit make for neighborliness. When Jesus is asked, who is my neighbor? He answers, life will reveal him or her to you. The neighbor is not one of class or nation. The neighbor is anyone in need. You will find your neighbor on your journey. You will come upon them by chance. It is not about this or that religious affiliation, about being a sinner or a saint. It is about being human. It would be like, and many of you have heard sermons like this, I trust, where you might fill in the name of that group of persons that are being painted with the global and universal brush of bigotry and hatred in any society at any given time. 
You can just fill in the names. Here it could be any person of color, gay or lesbian, Muslim, illegal immigrant. Sadly, we could probably make a list that's long. Jesus turned the tables. He was trying to get them and us to get beyond the blanket statement, the broad brush, the racism, and every other kind of ism you might think of. This past week, I was honored to be asked to preach at John Hines Day at the Seminary of the Southwest, where I serve on the Board of Trustees. Bishop John Hines was the Bishop of Texas and then elected our 22nd presiding bishop in 1965. He was presiding bishop in 1967 when General Convention was held here in Seattle. John Hines entered into this office right in the heated middle of civil rights of segregation brought to the fore just a few years after the assassination of JFK. His term was controversial to say the least. He advocated radical change and focus on those not in our church, on people in the inner cities, the African American community, and those in poverty. You might say he wanted us to focus on the Samaritans of that time. I was intrigued to find out that Bishop Hines was once on the Dick Cavett Show. Any of you remember the Dick Cavett Show? Mel Brooks was on the show that night, and Chuck Connors of the Rifleman fame. On that show, Cavett asked Hines this question, how do you resolve the question of whether the church ought to simply concern itself with church matters and the spiritual needs of the people who come to that church or if it ought to branch out into society, which some people don't think is any of its business. Hines' answer was short and to the point. You resolve it primarily by reading the Bible. He was then asked by Cabot about the church becoming unpopular because of his stands he had taken, and he told Cabot and all those listening about the Jesus he knew, the Jesus that was not concerned with his own welfare, the Jesus that ate with sinners, he consorted with those who had the worst reputations and always did so believing in their redemption. He told them that he believed the church had to emulate that, be that Jesus in the world, and then, quote, let the chips fall where they may. This would have been one of those passages in his mind that night, and he was a Samaritan. We can miss the import of those words so easily. They are not just part of the story. I would say they are the story in this case and in many more. And I think it's vitally important for us to know and own that as our spiritual and religious legacy. Whether we like it or not, and whether some would say otherwise, this is who we are and who we're called to be. And if that is so, then we should be absolutely appalled and willing to stand up to the hateful and bigoted rhetoric we hear more and more of late that insinuate or blatantly say there are some who can be excluded from that category of neighbor. Words are important. Words do carry weight. Words can hurt and kill. Much of what we're hearing these days is not faithful and it's certainly not Christian. We need our faith so we can be made well. But to have our faith, we have to know our faith. We should spend these days truly seeking to know our faith and thinking about the importance of those few words. And he was a Samaritan.
and what they mean in the kingdom of God and for us. Those words call us to something deeper, far different, far more profound than just being carried by the waves of our world. It calls us to not only listen, but to act out of a deep and abiding thankfulness. They call us to be thankful as if we were people found and cared for by the side of the road or as lepers healed. Because if we follow this Lord, Jesus Christ, we are. My sisters and brothers, I've said these words to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.